before I start, um, let me just say happy Valentine's Day to everybody out there. And I know what we think about Valentine's Day as a, a relationship thing, husband, wife, boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever you may be. But it's not always that. Why can't it be just about, you know, just spreading love, man? We need a little bit more love and a little less hate out there, man. So let me just say that. Happy Valentine's Day to everyone out there. Um, but what I love the most, man, I've been loving me some basketball this year, man. The NBA has been crazy. This is probably the most basketball I've consumed in a really long time. But I feel like I also understand what everybody is going to be going forward into the second half of the season at the midway point. And, you know, this is the all-star break, the unofficial, official halfway point of the NBA season. And I feel like I have a good feel of most teams. So what have we learned so far? Who's the best? What are we going to see going forward? Keep it locked. I'm going to tell you right here. It's the hallway. I know my boys are probably going to count me soft for that intro, but it's okay. You know, I got to give you a little substance before we jump right into it. And... I want to start off out west, um, the Western Conference. We all knew it was the superior conference and it's showing with the play. It's a dogfight out there every night, and especially at the bottom. The bottom is probably the most exciting part about the Western Conference race right now. There's so many young teams with young talent, and it's so interesting to watch every night. So at the bottom, there's probably – I would say one, two, three. There's four teams fighting for that last spot, that A spot, with the Grizzlies holding on to it, who are actually two games above 500. That is, who the hell saw that coming? What? <laughs> Get out of here. But, no, this is it's interesting because you have the Grizzlies, like I mentioned, two games above 500. John Morant is the rookie of the year right now. They have such a good young core that has fun playing together they're tough you saw the little spat they got into Andre Iguodala before he got traded and they're just they're just gritty like and you want a young team that has talent and they're tough and it shows with their record behind them four games back is Portland and Portland is dame or bust right and it's time to blow that shit up it's time to get, I'm just going to talk about them real quick, just real quick. It's time to break that up. They did an awful job drafting. They drafted all those guards. They don't have a wing. Their wing is Trevor Ariza. It's Dame or bust. It's time to blow that up. Their cap is the Western Conference Finals, and they were lucky to get there. That is awful. The Spurs, that is boring. I don't think I've watched a full Spurs game all season. There's nothing I want to watch out there. Yeah, DeJounte Murray is cool. Eh, I'm cool. Don't want them in the playoffs. For me, and they're five games back, and it's a stretch. The Pelicans, the Pel- even though they would be playing my Lakers, and I know the Lakers would put their ass out, I would still love to see them in the playoffs. Zion, Lonzo, Brandon Ingram, that team is, that team is so fun to watch. 
But I think the Grizzlies are actually going to hold on to that spot. That's – stop that. <laughs> they That's a good team. There's That's too many games. There's not enough games left. I, I think the Grizzlies go ahead and hold on to that. The Thunder and Mavs are kind of flip-flopping at 6-7. and seven. Both teams, you don't want to see them. It don't matter. It don't. Luka is averaging 28, 9 and a half, and 8 assists a game. Almost 9. In his second year, dog. Come on, man. His numbers are crazy. He just missed 6 games. Drops 33. Come on, dog. His game is just nuts. Um, KP is starting to come along, too. That is a scary, scary right now six seed, along with the Thunder at seven. CP3 is he he's playing at an All Star level. He's he's in the All Star game for a reason. This looks like a little bit of CP3 of the old. He doesn't look all chunky and can't move like this. Looks like a good CP3. And then Shea Shea is so underrated. You have to watch Shea Gilgis Alexander play if you haven't. Like, he can get anywhere he wants at, at his own pace. Like, nothing bothers him. It's just a hezzy layup jumper. He's going to be so good for so many years, man. That is a tough seven seed. They're tough. Steven Adams, I wouldn't want to play him, man. At five is probably the most it's, – It's they're so weird. I don't want to say that they're – the outlier that we don't really know what they are. Like, we know what everybody else is. We know what those teams at the bottom, they're just, they're young or need to just blow it up. And it's just weird down there at the bottom. Seven and six, they're young-ish in the Thunders case. And you know that they're going to compete. They might win a series. The Rockets are, they have championship aspirations, right? And that's it. Like, it's championship or the season was a failure at this point. You have two former MVPs. Both playing at a pretty high level. Should be no excuse. So the Rockies are deciding to go with the 6'6 small ball. No players taller than 6'6. And the reason I, I don't know what they are. Is because I had my doubts. I thought that was going to look like a clown show. But in the seven games since they've debuted, since they've only had a player six six or shorter come into the ball game, they're five and two. And not just five and two, they beat Dallas. I understand this without Luca. I get it. The Lakers and Boston. So. That's three playoff teams. I don't know if it can work, but it's definitely helping Russell's game. In the five games that, that he's played, he missed two. He's averaging 34, seven rebounds, five assists. The floor is so spaced out like it's never been before. I was watching All the Smoke, and Katie was talking about how when he was back in OKC – he never was able to play and have the floor spaced, and that's what made him want to go to Golden State. The floor was so spaced, and he had more room to operate. 
They never had shooters. It's the same thing for us. He's going nuts. He absolutely killed the Lakers. He had 39 or something like that. Like, he was just in the paint at will. That's all he's been doing. He's cut down his threes. He's found his stroke at the free throw line. Russell's having a good season. All that being said, you know what James Harden is doing. I don't want to dismiss it, but we know. Step back, boom, in your face, and one, we got you. Ooh, ooh, you fall. Like, we know what James is. Was it 35? 35 a game? Like, come on, man. He's nuts. All that being said, that's just a gimmick. That ain't going to work. This is not going to work. This What this feels like, as new as it feels and as much trouble as it might give people until they get adjusted, tell me that you think this can win four games against the Clippers or the Lakers in the second round. Maybe can go get the Jazz, and we're going to talk about the Jazz in a minute. But can they go get four with this? Nah, stop it. Mm-mm. D'Antoni, this feels desperate. So this will be fun. They're going to get num- numbers. Same way, no chip. Stop that. Up next, the Jazz. Number four, the Jazz... They went on like a crazy 10-game winning streak, and they always do this in, in in the late part of the season. They just go on a winning streak, and then they just find their rhythm. They had to incorporate some new players. They had to Bogdan Bogdanovich, uh, Jordan Clarkson in the trade. Uh, they, just, they had to incorporate some new players, Mike Conley. So they got off to a very, very slow start. But they're 36-18. And, and, man, having to go to Utah, they're – in college, what makes college fun for me, and I'm, I'm still going to always be a college basketball fan, is the true home court advantage. The crowd can will a team to a win that's not very good. In the NBA, there's not many home court advantages. Utah is one of those places. There's a home court advantage there, and it's tough to win there. That team plays defense. That team can shoot. That's a really, really good team in Utah. All that being said, they're not a real contender. Now, they can beat the Rockets. They can definitely push put Russ' ass out again. But can they really beat the Clippers or the Lakers? Stop it. So I'm going to skip number three. The Clippers are number three. Number two is the Nuggets, right? Whew. Let me... Let me start by saying this. You can't win a championship with Nikola Jokic right now. You can't. I'm sorry. My best player, when he gets frustrated, just doesn't give away multiple fouls, get texts in bad spots, doesn't take the last shot. And I know you're going to be like, oh, LeBron doesn't take the last shot. LeBron finds the best shot available, so there's a difference. The shot that Jokic gave up last night against the Lakers, you can't do. Can you really? Is he really a number one? It's time to stop stop calling him a superstar. He's just a star. And don't get me started on Jamal Murray. His arrogance does not match his game. His arrogance is the level of Kobe. He's he's Jamal Murray. 
There's not even – that's not a number two. That's a young team. They get wins. Good coach. Malone is a really good coach. Um, now, what could change that? Because they are 38-17. and 17, Number two seed in the West. Like, that's not a fluke. But in the playoffs, what could change that? Is if Michael Porter Jr. could come on. If he gets to going – because I think he's tough. A lot of teams, I feel like, are going to feel like they passed up on him. So, he needs to be the number two for right now, preparing to be a number one, if he can stay healthy, of course. So, I had to skip and get started on the Nuggets because, nah. The Clippers, number three in the West. Obviously, they don't care about the regular season. It's championship or bust. Or they would be playing more in the regular season, even though they're starting to play a little bit more. Uh, I get it on the back-to-backs, but my goodness, you got to get out there and play some games. I think it's like 23 games, 25 games PG and Kawhi have played together. But they do have the best bench in the league in my eyes. And I know it's not fair because Lou Williams plays starter minutes. Montrezl Harrell almost plays starter minutes. But then you get Marcus Morris on this team. Like, that bench is so, so deep. Marcus Morris was averaging 20 a game in New York. He didn't even want to get traded. He was balling so hard. <laughs> he's, he's balling in New York, bro. And they add that? Man, that's tough, bro. So, I see that the regular season don't matter. So, if, if you're a Clippers fan, you just really don't care. You're bored. You're bored at this point. It's just it's about get to the playoffs because apparently that's what they signed Kawhi, Kawhi for. He's having a career year. Kawhi's handle is absolutely insane now. He had a move the other night. He went through his legs twice and just did a reverse. He is, he got a lot in his bag, man. That's tough. PG still looks a little hurt to me. Doesn't look comfortable out there at all. Lou Williams is a bucket, as always. Come on now. Um, So the Clippers, are the Clippers, are they the best in the West? I don't know yet. And the Lakers. Got the Lakers. The Lakers get really disrespected with the onslaught of the Clippers nation coming on. That's a top 10 offense and defense. I know the Clippers are as well, but you got to show the Lakers a little respect. I understand that the Clippers got the Lakers twice. I get it. That matters. It does. But you can't ignore a top 10 offense and defense in the Lakers. And for all the concerns, all the worries about the three-point shot, they're shooting 36% from the three-point line. Dwight and JaVale, that plus AD, the size that they have, is it's just ridiculous. AD is playing at a defensive player of the year level, MVP level, and then you throw in LeBron. 17th year, 35 years old, we get it, we we know all of that. But this dude's energy, the energy that he brought against the Nuggets early in that game was crazy. I knew Braun was on one. He was like, look, we got a chance to rip their hearts out, and that's exactly what they did. The Nuggets know now that they're not a real contender. i just been killing the Nuggets. My bad. That's that's not me. Uh, but with that win, that makes 17 row wins against Western Conference opponents in a row. Come on, man. I get concerns about the secondary ball handler. We're going to get into the 
buyout market in a second. But you can't ignore it. This is a good team. This is a really, really good team that can hang with the best of them. Now, they do have to start showing me that they can beat some of the top teams. They've lost to the Clippers twice. They lost to the Sixers. They lost to the Bucks. They lost to the Celtics. Like, you got to start beating those teams, bro. So, they do have to start beating those teams, but they have beaten the Nuggets twice on the road. They beat Utah, a part of a back-to-back against said Nugget squad. So, they have some quality wins. So, we'll see. I think this Lakers team just has to grow. The chemistry is pretty good, pretty good. Now, I did mention the buyout market. So, going forward, what are we going to see? Barring any changes, I mean, Utah and Houston might flip-flop. The bottom of the West, I don't know. That's a lot of games. Portland's the closest team, and that team stinks. Generally, I just think the Grizzlies keep that A spot. For the most part, I think the standings will play out the same throughout the second half of the season, uh, maybe with the Clippers catching the Nuggets, but I don't see many changes. Um, the buyout market, heard about some players. Uh, even heard about Lance Stevenson maybe as a last-ditch effort for the Lakers since they couldn't get Darren Collinson. Um yeah, just a lot of different teams. Reggie Jackson, I heard he might get bought out and actually go to the Clippers if it happens, which is ridiculous. That's crazy. Uh, Mo Harkless. Mo Harkless is a potential buyout. He just got traded from the Clippers to the Knicks. So we'll see. We'll see what happens out west. But as far as the most inter- interesting race, I should say, it's the east. Surprisingly, the east is the more interesting conference as far as I don't know where teams are going to fall. I know where some are. I know what they are. But then there's a few where it's just like if they could be, if they had this play like. So with the East, we understand that the Bucks are the class, right? We get it. Giannis is probably going to go back to back. Like he really should. 46 and 8, they're going absolutely nuts. Another top 10 offense and defensive team. Chris Middleton, all star, averaging around like 21, 22 points per game, 23 in that range, you know. But who's going to be that third guy? You can't depend on Eric Bledsoe. We we saw what Eric Bledsoe. He's he's cool. His athleticism has calmed down just a little bit, and he never really improved his shot. So you can't really depend on them on him. But as a group, as a collective, I think they can make up. Kind of like how the Lakers, I feel like, can make up as a group. Just make up a third guy. That's what they do. And then Giannis is so great. Middleton's an All Star level player. That's the class of the East. Right now in number two, man, Toronto, they're so tough. That is what a championship run does to you. Like, it literally makes you one of the toughest teams in the league. Like, they're so smart. They do everything well. They don't turn the ball over. They turn you over. They can shoot the three. They can defend. Like, they rebound. They have size. They have quickness. Like, they have everything, bruh. 15-game winning streak this season? 
Kawhi who? Danny Green who? Siakam has been balling, bro. He's a star. He's a star, and I caught it. I wish I could find that tweet. I had a tweet. I said, Siakam can be the number one guy on a playoff team. And somebody said, huh, you're right, you're right. Bro, look at me now. 23 and 7, he's just steadily, steadily climbing. Like, he's on the verge of a superstardom, and I'm happy for him. He lost his dad before he got to the league. Like, he's a good dude every interview I see him. So, man, the Raptors, they're crazy. They're crazy. Third in the East are the Boston Celtics. They have three players, three, averaging 20. That team, they have their spirit back. They have their – they love each other. That's a team right there. I don't see any rift. They don't care who – Pops off in, on any given night. They play so well. Marcus Smart is the heart. He's the the gas of that team. Um, but they need a big, man. They do need a big. Um, there may be some out on the buyout market. We'll get to that later. But Ince Kenner, he's not going to cut it. Daniel Tice, he's not going to cut it against Giannis, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Come on, dog. That that ain't gonna happen. So they do need a big, but Jason Tatum is a star. Jalen Brown is a he's a star. Kimba is a dog. Gordon Hayward's getting it back, man. That's a good team, man. Miami, Miami. I love Miami. They're at number four. Jimmy Butler is the perfect team for this Miami Heat organization. And those young young guns, Tyler Harrow, Duncan Robinson, Kendrick Nunn. They're not scared of anybody. Bam. Bam is an all-star already. I don't even know what Bam is. Like, he can do everything. He can do a little bit of everything, man. So, Bam is crazy. And then you have Eric Spolstra. He's such an underrated coach. That team's defense is unmatched. And then you add on Andre Iguodala. He gives some of that IQ and that and that championship pedigree to that team. Will it help? I don't Will it hurt them? Will it will it hinder them a bit? Will it work? Are they good enough to get to the Eastern Conference Finals at at least? I think so. It's a good team, man. One of the most frustrating teams, another frustrating team, is just the the Sixers. Like, I talking if you know me, I kind of feel like I rag on Ben Simmons a lot, but he bring it on himself because he's so talented. And I wish he could shoot, but he damn near doesn't need to shoot. It's just he has Joel Embiid. That team is constructed so poorly to me. I understand why you went to get Al Horford, but it just doesn't make sense. It made sense the other night, though. It actually looked good. What was that, Tuesday? It actually looked halfway decent. Like, Joel Embiid was having a great game. Ben Simmons a great game. It just worked. Everything worked. And they just dominated. And you wish you could see that on a night-to-night basis. But you don't. And it's frustrating. And I just don't think... For me, I understand what the Sixers are. And it was smart that they didn't make a trade of Simmons or Embiid. Might as well run it through. But if they don't make the Eastern Conference Finals, one of them needs to get traded in the offseason. It has to happen because it's just not going to work. 
they at least have to make it to the Eastern Conference Finals and win two games. You got to win two games. You got to compete. You can't go in there and get swept or a gentleman sweep. You got to win two games. If you don't do that, one of them has to go. And for me, it might be Embiid. He's a clown. So it might be him. But Sixers are so frustrating. I just, we're going to get back to that. Now, I I had an X Factor or a interesting team, weird team in the West in the Rockets. That team in the East is the Pacers. They're 32 and 23. They just had like a little six-game skid. But that's because they're having to incorporate a former all-star in Victor Oladipo. And he's having to incorporate himself to all-star level players. Sabonis is an all-star. He is that left-hand stroke. It goes in every time. He The fakes, he, he's a really solid player. My goodness. And then Malcolm Brogdon is an all-star level player. He's so solid. He can pass. He doesn't turn the ball over. He defends. Like, that's a solid point guard. He can shoot. Then you got TJ Warren getting shots. You got uh, Jeremy Lamb getting shots. Doug McDermott coming in got to get shots. Like, Miles Turner, he got to get his shots. And then you're trying to bring in Victor Oladipo. Somebody has to take a step back. Miles Turner is taking a step back. And I think Vic, until he gets completely healthy, he needs to take a step back. And let Sabonis run this show, and then in the offseason, we can see who really is the man of this team. I just, I'm going to let you run it for the sake of the team. I'm going to come back and get mine later. Because it was rolling along, and I, they had a pretty easy schedule. It was getting tough. It's, this schedule is going to be tough for the Pacers. Um, but, yeah, I think he needs to take a step back just a bit and let it go through Sabonis, Malcolm Brogdon, and then get his, you know. So the Pacers are interesting because they – can stay at six and five and win a playoff series or something like that and get all, or either even even get all the way to like three and have a home court advantage like that's that's the type of level that 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 Patriot team is in so as far as how it shakes I don't really care about seven seven through fifteen seven is the Nets maybe Kyrie could win a game get exciting in the playoffs get looking forward to what we're going to see once KD comes back. But as far as Orlando, great defense. That offense is sketchy. They got all those bigs. Blow that shit up. That is terrible. They got to blow that up. They drafted all those bigs, bro. Why? And then 9 through 15 in the East, all of them should get relegated. Every single one of them gots to go. That is bad basketball. Come on, man. But as far as going forward... Um, I did mention buyouts in regards to really just Boston. I think everybody else is pretty content staying the same. Boston is really in need of something, and maybe they can get a Joe Kim Noah out there or a get a buyout of Tristan Thompson or go out in New York, Todd Gibson, something that can help them down low to face some of those bigger uh, players in the playoffs. But as far as the standings, obviously one one is staying the same. That's not going nowhere. We know the Bucks are going to stay right where they are. But I also think two and three stays the same. I mean, flip-flop, maybe the Celtics get to two, Raptors go to three. But those are the three best teams in the East. I do think the Heat find a little trouble incorporating some of the newer players into the system. Drake, Jay Crowder needs his shots. Andre Godali, you know, I think they drop down to six. 
both the Sixers and the Pacers catch them. But I do think the Pacers jump over the Sixers because I just don't trust them. I do want to see what I saw the other night, but I don't trust that they'll give me that. So I think the Pacers finally incorporate Vic into the system, gets a four, Sixers or five, and that's how it plays out. But as far as the NBA in a whole, we know exactly what it is for me. I know who the four best teams are. Out West, it's going to be an all-LA Western Conference Finals, whether you like it or not. It's going to be amazing. And that's when we can call it a rivalry. Let it go seven games in the playoffs. Now we have a rivalry. Not a couple fucking playoff games. What's wrong with y'all? And then the Bucks and the Raptors. Those are the two best teams in the East. So, for as fun as the first half of the season was, and it was incredible. It was an amazing first half of the season. It gave us a lot of information, too. I think we pretty much know what every team looks like and will be, barring any buyouts, of course, or anything. We know what everyone looks like and will be. So I, I'm not ready to give my finals pick or my my championship pick. I think I already gave enough. But I'm excited for the second half of the season. So on this All-Star weekend, so hopefully we have a great All-Star weekend. You know, they're honoring Kobe, Gianna, David Stern. So hopefully everyone has a great All-Star weekend and a happy Valentine's Day. I hope you spend it with the one that you love. It's the hallway.